So one of the things we do at Grace Capital Church is to help you win in this life and the life to come. Helping you win in this life and the life to come. And what does that mean? What does a win look like? And the win looks like this, and we say this often, is getting you ready to meet Jesus face to face. And that day will come for all of us. There's no question in my mind that day will come for every single one of us. It just depends on when that day will come. But part of helping you win in this life and the life to come is understanding some things that, the, that are very practical. And this series, um, this new series that we're starting today called Pathways is a very, very, very practical series. I'm not going to go deep theologically on you, but in many times, some of the simplest things are probably the hardest things to do (laughs) and to live. Today, I am talking about marriage. Actually, in Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews 13, verse 4, it says this, that let marriage be held in honor among all. Let marriage be held in honor. What does that mean? It means that marriage is to be esteemed, that marriage is to be valued, marriage is to be lifted up, and so today we're going to be talking about marriage. So this Pathways um, series is really taking, it's going to be for five weeks, is taking our Discipleship Pathway courses that we offer, Financial Peace University, oh, thank you so much, Um, a marriage um, group, Um, we have doing what Jesus did. We have emotionally healthy relationships. We have um, rooted. And so we're going to unpack some of those biggest aha moments that I I emailed our life group leaders who lead these courses. And I said, can you tell me some of the things that people have just like grabbed a hold of? And I want to share those things with the congregation as, as twofold. One, that we can learn together. But number two, that you can get a taste of what these groups are that would entice you to say, hey, you know what? I think I want to check that out. So today, marriage. Do you know marriage is a gift? But it's only a gift when you know how to steward it because marriage can also be a nightmare. It could also be a nightmare. Uh, Okay, singles. I want to let you know, I'm going to be addressing you today. Singles, widows, singleness is also a gift. The Apostle Paul actually tells you it is by saying, I wish all of you were like I am, being single, he says. So all you singles in the house, can I hear a woo-hoo? This sound like all you single ladies? All right. Where's the men singles? Come on, man. All the single men? (laughs) I know there's some of you out there. (laughs) Oh, my. 1 Corinthians 7, 7 tells us this. The Apostle Paul, I wish that all of you were as I am, single, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that gift. Singleness is also a gift. The reason why Paul says that, the Apostle Paul, is because he says when you're single, you have a singular devotion. But when you're married, you got to both care for what your spouse thinks as well as what God thinks. To live pleasing to God, but live pleasing to your spouse. So just in case some of you singles out there are saying, hey, uh, we're talking about marriage doesn't relate to, you're celebrating today because you're already 
doing what the Apostle Paul has said and, and encouraged and like you're having the time of your life focusing on Jesus singularly. There we go. <laughs> so, but a great marriage does require great work. Great marriage does require great work. Uh, last summer, um, Audra and I, we, we kind of hit a, a place in our marriage that we were like, by the way, we've been married 28 years in May, right? 28 years in May. So, so yeah, don't get too cheery here about what I'm going to tell you, right? But so, so this past summer, vacations were canceled, COVID's happening, kids are going to go off to college, life is changing for us, and all of a sudden, Audra and I kind of hit a wall in our marriage. We knew there was an undercurrent of things. We didn't really know what it was, but we just knew we didn't like where we were. And so we actually got some marriage counseling this past summer, and it was a blessing for us, and it was a real gift. But I have to say that marriage takes hard work. And to have a great marriage requires great work. And so don't think because all of a sudden you got stuck in your marriage that you just need to call it quits or you need to like just kind of live your own life separately, get through it, wait till the kids go to college, then you get a divorce, right? That's what so many people do. See, we want marriages to thrive at Grace Capital Church. We don't want you to be part of the 45% of the American population that their marriages end in divorce. Now you say 45, that's actually better than it was 10 years ago. It was 50% was a divorce rate 10 years ago. However, what that means, don't get too encouraged because what that means is that people are just deciding to live together, not get married. <laughs> so let me just, before I get into how to have a thriving marriage, I wanna to talk to you a little bit about divorce. And this is not a message of divorce, but I wanna just give you some statistics. The chances of divorce are increased by some of the following. This is not from a Christian publication or research, but interesting uh, information here. Age disparity. The further apart you are, the more likely you are to get a divorce. The more money you spend on engagement rings and wedding ceremonies and parties, interestingly enough, increase the likelihood of divorce. All the moms and dads who have kids who are going to get married say, I'm going to share that one. You don't need an expensive wedding. I'll tell that to my daughter. Abigail, you watching right now? <laughs> Honey, a backyard wedding will be fine. We will, I will make you your dress. <laughs> oh, no, she, no, I won't. All right. I do know how to sew, by the way. I'm a man's man, and I know how to sew. All right. This is interesting, residing in an area with high rate of evangelical or conservative Protestants. I don't really know why there's a correlation to increased divorce rates in those areas. That'd be interesting to look at. Associations with family members or friends who have recently obtained a divorce makes you more likely to get a divorce. You have a higher risk of a divorce um, the more your co-workers, you have co-workers of the opposite sex, so watch those environments. And the younger you move in together and get married, the higher the chances of divorce. Okay, so here's how to decrease your likeliness of a divorce. If your parents are happily married, so moms and dads, be happily married. Invest in your marriage. It actually um, increases the chances of not getting divorced by 14%. That's huge. 
So invest in your marriage, moms and dads. If you have an annual income of more than $25,000, you are less likely to get a divorce. If you have a baby or at, uh, at least seven months following your marriage, the chances you will divorce goes down by 24%. I'm not suggesting quickly rush out and you know, have a baby, but that's an interesting stat. Uh, your chances of divorce fall by 13% if you've attended college. And you are less likely to get a divorce um, if you do not cohabitate or marry before the age of 23. So, bottom line, get married at 24, have a baby after seven months, <laughs> go to college first, go to college first, and make sure mom and dad have a happy marriage and get a good job. There we go. <laughs> We've just increased your chances by 50% of not getting a divorce. But the other way that actually we, we have a thriving marriage is that you've got to put the work into it. You've got to invest into the hard work of investing in your relationship. In Mark chapter 10, verse 5, Mark chapter 10, verse 5, um, it talks about what actually it talks about in, in Genesis. It says, from the very beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. We hear this at weddings, right? So they're no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. But I think, unfortunately, this idea of one flesh and this oneness can be misunderstood and set us up to potentially fail or potentially feel like you're not succeeding in your marriage when you misunderstand what oneness is about. It is not you complete me, oneness. <laughs> it is not, let's finish each other's sentences, oneness, right? And it's not that we have to be inseparable, you know, attached to the hip. See, that's not healthy thinking. But by the way, the oneness too is really important to understand because um, sex outside of marriage is really, really damaging for a healthy marriage, whether it's even before you meet your spouse or not, because that union binds people together. And so you have to do a lot of work to be able to bond and become one with your spouse. Um, so that's why the Bible is very, very clear. Marriage is reserved for a man and a woman in a marriage relationship, period. Now, we've all had mistakes and we've all had stories and we've all had our failures in that, but we also also and I can speak for myself, that have gone through the pain of knowing how to navigate that, uh, those times to get into a healthy place so when you're ready for marriage, especially, that you can be free to bond with your spouse. Okay, so I'm going to ask Audra to come up here for a moment. I'm going to demonstrate how it is to have a healthy marriage and healthy relationship of oneness. Um, so, yes, there's my lovely wife. Um, I made those pants for her. Um, okay, I lied. Uh, can I do that? Pastors should not lie. Just want to let you know. Um, watching online, it was really just a joke. Okay. So, in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, it says, Two are better than one, and because they... Um, two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift them up, um, but woe to whom is alone. When he falls, he has nobody to lift him up. Again, 
If two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So I thought we'd take this illustration and talk about how two can keep warm together. She says she's leaving. Okay, that's not the illustration. But I do want to give the illustration. So this is actually taught in, uh, really, a lot of these principles are taken from Symbus, which is our marriage course. And Symbus means saving your marriage before it starts, is the acronym. But it's really meant for um, people looking to get married. But if you've been married for three years, 30 years, doesn't make a difference. Otter and I took the Symbus assessment too. Oh my word, it's packed with some amazing things. But one of the things you'll learn is learning to have a healthy connection as a spouse. And we call it the A, the H, or the M. So the A is like, picture this. So we're holding hands, so beautiful. And now we just lean into each other. Oh, good job, Audra. And no, keep leaning, Audra, keep leaning. But the problem is we're, see, I'm not leaning enough. Get, move your feet back. Whoa, okay. The problem is, the problem is, an A is actually an unhealthy way to depend on each other. Because you are so leaning on each other that you actually become codependent And if one of them fails and falters, the other one just goes down as well. I mean, so the idea is is you're to be together to encourage and support and build each other up, but not so dependent on each other. The other analogy would be the H. So here here we go, the H. But unfortunately, the H is very independent. I got my own bank account, I got my own bedroom, I've got my own uh, life, and occasionally we'll reconnect but you're too independent and you're not actually acting as the one that God has encouraged us to be. The A, not good. The H is not good. But the M, on the other hand, M, here we go. The M, show us, show the beautiful M over here, Audra. Show the beautiful M over here. There we go. So the M, though, the M is really good because you're both individuals but you're sharing your life by encouraging and walking together, walking along. So the image of walking down a path, walking down a road together, you're walking hand in hand, but you're not overly leaning on somebody, you're not living independently of somebody, you're walking together. I'll unpack that in a moment. Thank you so much, Audra. Appreciate you, baby. Man, she is so good looking. You're hot, honey. <laughs> I just embarrassed my kids really bad right there. Maybe a little bit, Audra. But, okay. See, that marriage counseling really helped, didn't it, Audra? <laughs> She's not even looking at me. <laughs> okay. Whew. So marriage is to be a reflection of Jesus' love for the church. I spoke on that message probably a couple years ago, right? So I'm not going to go into that. But it is a very important part of a healthy, strong marriage is the world is looking at our marriages and the Bible says that our marriages are a reflection of God's love for his church and Jesus' love for his church. But today, really, what I want to talk about is, is understanding the M of the marriage. How do we begin to live that out in such a way that we are valuing our spouse that we're championing them 
and we're actually supporting their life as opposed to um, this over-dependence or this over-independence, but we actually are walking together through life. And I think this is what God has intended for us is to know how to, um, this two are better than one. Now, again, for singles out there, the two are better than one. You and God can hang together. And you guys can, can, Jesus can be that person for you. So don't think you're missing out. Don't think you're falling short because the Bible says two are better than one. I want my one. You have your one, Jesus. <laughs> we all do. The three-strand cord for us, though, is we also then are connected to God. Spouses, that three-strand cord. That third in that three strands is our relationship with the Father. But when we can begin to say that everyone is made uniquely, that we're not trying to become one in blending, like we can't differentiate um, our spouse one from the other because we become so one, we are just the vanilla twisted together, and now we're just vanilla. No, we actually think differently. We process information differently. We have different love languages. We have different fight styles. We have different expectations. We have different roles. And see, we honor God best when we love and respect our spouse's uniqueness. We're, we're not trying to become one like the same. We're trying to become one in appreciation and love and respect for the uniqueness of who God has made them to be. And then we champion them. So we're not, we're not dividing each other all the time. We're not putting each other down. We're not fighting against each other. We're saying, you know what? I really want to be your biggest champion. See, God has made your spouse, and he created them for a purpose. If, you turn, if you're married right now and your spouse is with you, say, turn to them and say, God has created you for a purpose. And I think you're awesome. And I champion you. All right, didn't that feel good, though? You're awesome. I champion you. Well, let me, just, let me just tell you a little bit. I'm, I'm going to have you watch this video in a second. This is a video of Cassandra. Jason um, wished he was in that video too, but she'll tell you why he wasn't in there. But Cassandra is, um, and Jason, her husband, lead our marriage uh, life group. And she just wants to share a little bit about what they have taken away from leading a life group and what it has meant for them. So watch this video. Hi, good morning, GCC family. I hope you're all doing well this morning. I am currently up in Maine. Well, I'm actually in the audience right now on Sunday, but I'm taping this up in Maine with my kids. Jason would actually be here with me as we're gonna talk about the Marriage Life Group, but he's actually at home studying for a financial advisor exam, which is a very tough exam. And so we just wanna say, Daddy, we're so proud of you, and we know you're gonna do it. So Pastor Mark had asked me to talk about uh, what we're seeing in our Marriage Life Group. We are just so excited to not only um, just the joy of journeying alongside my husband, but also other couples as we grow in our relationship, um, in our marriages, we have better tools. The Simbus assessment is so encouraging. It really gives you um, God's design for each one of us. Like we're all wired differently. We all make decisions differently. We all think differently. You know, we handle stress differently, and so there's just so many different topics that we get to walk through. Um, and uh, we're reminded that God has given our spouse as a gift, you know, to love, 
to honor, to cherish, and with the proper tools, we're able to do that better. And so, um, we just love the Simbus assessment, and um, I love being able to foster those relationships with other couples as well. And uh, I remind myself and my husband often that I'm his biggest cheerleader, right? I think that that is so encouraging to have someone be your biggest cheerleader and for you to have um, you to be someone's biggest cheerleader and them to be your biggest cheerleader. And so we're just so excited. We hope that you'll journey with us um, on this uh, adventure we call marriage. And um, I just thank you for the opportunity to share with you this morning. And I'll pass it back to you, Pastor Mark. All right. Thank you, Cassandra. You can give her a hand. Actually, you can give little Miss Natalie their daughter. She was the holding the, the phone on the other side of that. So well done, Natalie. I know you're... Uh, you're watching this as well. So um, Jason Cassandra just absolutely love pouring into our marriages here at Grace Capital Church. The Simbus assessment that they're talking about, any person who goes through that life group, the church pays for you. Normally it's a $30 assessment to do it, but the church has bought your assessment fee, if you will, or the assessment uh, cost of that. But it goes into all kinds of fun, fun things um, here that talks about your, your mindsets, it talks about your marriage well-being, your contentment, your money. Well, actually, let me just tell you. It says, here's the, some of the topics. Your money methods, kicking financial friction to the curb uh, to ensure you realize your shared dreams together. Your personalities unpack your uniqueness, um, your uni unique personality dynamics not only as individuals, but more importantly, as a couple. Your fight types. By the way, do you know it's okay to fight in a relationship? It's okay. It's okay. Discover your hot topics and the secret of leveraging conflict for a stronger uh, relationship. Your talk styles. Some people love to process out loud. Other people just don't like to talk a lot. You need to understand that. Crack the code for deep and meaningful conversation and enjoy heartfelt and lasting connections. Your love life, uh, cultivate deeper intimacy and enduring passion for a lifetime of pleasure and fulfillment. Well, that's a good topic. That's a good topic. And then your uh, deepest longing, create uh, your ultimate soul-to-soul -soul connection and discover how to infuse your relationship with meaning. So that's just a some of the topics that you will um, get in the marriage life group. So as you know, open enrollment for our life groups start March 1st. That's tomorrow. And um, we'll be unpacking some of these different uh, courses that you can take over the next few weeks. But today on marriage, marriage is hard, right? Marriage is hard, but we want to help you thrive in a marriage. We're not just help trying to get you so you don't get a divorce. People who have been through a divorce, by the way, are the ones who will tell you that is so painful. It's so hard. And so, yes, we don't want to go there. But more importantly, we want your marriage to thrive. We want you to learn how to have that M um, relationship in your marriage. And then realize that your spouse is your biggest champion. When I get home at night, Audra has dressed up in her cheerleading outfit and has pom-poms waiting for me. And I just love that. I just love that. <laughs> I've been so bad today. I have to apologize. <laughs> Maybe that was a fantasy I had in my mind. <laughs> oh. 
But if we can remember this, if we can remember this, two are better than one. Two are better than one. And a three-strand cord cannot be easily broken. Let me just remind us for our relationship, God is number one in your life. Single or married, God comes first. Then if you are married, it comes your spouse. Then your kids. Then your ministry, job, your service, your volunteerism. If you're not married, God. Then your kids. Then your job, your ministry, church. I think sometimes people get this wrong. They go, God, kids, or they go, kids, spouse, God. The order is God, then your spouse. You've got to invest. That's the lifelong investment, right, into your spouse. And then your kids will leave you at some point, right? And then it's your kids, then your job in the ministry. So I I know this, I, I told you ahead of time, this is nothing super deep here today. We're really just trying to help you understand that God cares about marriages. It's to be honored above all. And we want to help you thrive. We want to help you win in this life and the life to come. But it's going to take you being intentional. It's going to take you being intentional with your marriage. Great marriages don't just happen. It requires great work. And I want to encourage you, if you are married or looking to get married, if you're engaged, uh, they say that people who actually, one last stat and then I'll close. They say that people who actually do premarital work are 31% less likely to get a divorce. 31%. That's huge. That's huge. So if you're engaged, looking to get married, go through that marriage course. If you're married three years, 30 years, I encourage you. The church is here to support you and to come alongside you and to help you win in this life and the life to come. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.